Welcome to the Sea Brilliance Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Nathan Harris, and today we have Joffrey Malone. In this inspiring conversation, Joffrey emphasizes the significance of exposing youth to different cultures and fostering a deep appreciation for diversity and intercultural understanding. So sit back and enjoy as we listen to Brilliance. name is Joffrey Malone, currently founder of Gym Developments. I'm an international business ambassador for the Clicktown. I'm also a model actor. Uh, and I think one of the most frequent things that I've been learning recently would be I'm a jewelry consultant as well for K Jewelers. I would say if we broke everything down, I'm somebody who's from the Midwest. I was born in Indiana, raised in Ohio. Um, I've traveled the world and I have a degree in international business with a minor in management. Plan on applying that. And in short, I'm here with my man, the great one, Nathan, to speak a little bit of truth and follow up on the brilliance that we can all see. Beautiful, beautiful. And you heard him, the great one, the great one, which is a nickname from high school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, to, so can you tell us about, you know, your your background and how you ended up in international business tell us about that well that's a long story because honestly i started off in engineering it was at northland high school in columbus ohio i started uh well i was the very first student in a program called project lead the way and the pipeline was through engineering so i started in engineering fast forward about five years i was in college i wanted to use the engineering that i learned of course to go ahead and apply it but when i was in the discipline for engineering, I couldn't pay for my college. So at that point, I did end up talking to the College of Business. The College of Business said that they would fund my school. I had to change my major though. Uh, I looked at it like, eh, I'm not too fond of business. That's not really in my personality. So I said, what can I do that would make this teeter towards my benefit? And I was like, well, I always want to travel. So I ended up doing international business. Uh, as soon as I was about a year, year and a half in, they gave me the opportunity to study abroad. You know, they gave me an inch, I was going to take a mile. So I ended up studying abroad for a whole year in Spain. But from then on, it's really been travels, internships, and making sure that I can take care of myself, my family, and um, the villages. So the villages that helped raise me, if anybody wants to know what villages I'm talking about. So remind me. You're from Indiana, but are you from Gary? No, I'm from Evansville. Evansville. Yep, so, south. little town, Evansville, right there by the Illinois border. In the Ohio River. Yeah. yeah. We dive into Kentucky, too. That's it. Right there next to Louisville. All the way from there, studying abroad in, in Spain, uh, and then you went to University of Toledo. So. And so, you know, tell us. You know, sometimes we get, sometimes people get stuck in this, say, Evansville mindset, oh, yeah. small town mindset. All of us, us kind of get stuck in the plantation syndrome, you know, mm -hmm. otherwise known as the crabs in a barrel. Mm. So I definitely think that because of the lack thereof, because honestly, I think if my dad was a part of my life, I probably would have stayed in Indiana. But because he wasn't, my, my life began to expand. Uh, proportionally just for the fact that my mom wanted to get us out of that area. And ever since then, 
I felt like I had big dreams. And so I evolved so rapidly that everybody else who seen me and talked to me, it was like, I'm gonna give you this opportunity. Let's see what you can do with it. So I built, yeah, I kind of built myself out of that, out of those situations. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, the pipeline, the project lead the way, that was a big stepping stone, even, t- even towards bringing me towards business because without all those accolades and the relationships I built with it, I don't think I would have made it to going to UT, taking part of the things that I did. I went to UT for engineering, so. So how did your experience studying abroad in Spain shape your perspective on global business practices that you're, you know, instituting and practicing today? So holistically, um, I think first things first, I focus more so on the morals and the values. I plan on getting a master's in cultural anthropology. So it wasn't, so I don't, I don't necessarily take um, the business practices the same way a lot of other people do. I still want to do good business. I still want to be a good man. I want to make sure that the company or the business or the relationships that are being built are authentic. Um, Studying abroad really gave me a perspective of being family oriented, seeing different cultures in a way that they have history, they thrive through their history, and then they have pride through their history. So all those things really just helped me to shape who I want who I was, who I wanted to be, and then what I wanted to bring back to the villages. So, Yeah, and that's one thing. Family's everything. Yeah. And honestly, with family, it can, you know, shape or push somebody's trajectory. And so, you know, oftentimes, you know, one, black community, we value family and everything yeah. like that. But then also to go abroad and to see how, you know, other families operate when it comes to sitting down every night for dinner and things like that mm-hmm. and even preparing the meal and stuff yep, together. Even drinking wine, man. I'm telling you, they, they yeah. got their nine-year-olds drinking wine. Let's, and they said it, it helps for conversations, you know, mm-hmm. those those tough conversations from school that the kids didn't want to have. They drank a little bit of wine, bam, and they hit with a nice nightcap. And that, that cultural difference, it changed my perspective because we so hard on our kids, but in reality, we're supposed to be there for them. They should feel comfortable communicating. They should feel comfortable just being themselves around us. And sometimes we don't give them that chance. So Yeah, and now I'm not endorsing that you are listening in America to give your nine-year-olds wine. It's just one cup. I've heard that one uh, cup. it actually does wonders for the body as well. It's good for you. That's not, you know, I believe. Wine a day. But you ain't, you ain't shutting me down because of U.S. law. <laughs> And so now let's let's jump into the creative industry. Okay. Uh, see, one we know that creatives have been around for years, but you know, over the more recent years, there's been a oh yeah, higher it's emphasis the, it's the on yeah, it's creative, creative industry right now. And so you know, can you talk about you know your involvement in the creative industry? Because you you mentioned the modeling and and fashion photography yeah, and things art. like that. Yeah. But how have you been able to merge you know your interests in both creativity and business? So really, that's come with time. Uh, I started modeling and doing photography roughly three years ago now, and. With both of those, I created a whole different type of network. Uh, I got to dive deep, especially being in Atlanta, Georgia. So literally, the Black Utopia took me in. A lot of people wanted me. I was a great new face, arguably 
what a lot of women would say a great, beautiful face to go ahead and put on the forefronts. I don't care to be in front of the camera. I'm more behind the scenes, to be honest. So afterwards, that's where my business perspectives came in. Once I seen the works, once I seen how the creatives are developing new skills or growing within photography, modeling, acting, uh, I ended up putting together my own type of events, putting together hubs of those collaborators and making sure that they have the resources and the network to go ahead and keep building and to see that if we just use each other's resources, we can actually create a business um, and a whole community. And so, you know, what, what lessons, you know, have you learned as a black man in this space? And, you know, let's, let's be, let's be real. Talk about the challenges and obstacles that you have faced as well. And then if you've, how you've overcome, you know, those challenges. And even if, you know, the reality is, I, I encourage you to be, you know, raw and honest too, because, you know, sometimes we don't necessarily always overcome obstacles yeah. and obstacles, you know, take place or overcome us. Yeah. But there's still even a lesson in that. So, you know, talk about, you know, some of the challenges that you've had as a black man uh, in this space. Uh, and, you know, I think the overcome. biggest challenges we have is feeling like we're good enough to do bigger things. Uh, a lot of times we get sucked into, well, we're only one person or, uh, we can't accomplish these macro dreams because we've never seen anybody do it. And I mean, when I say I'm, we've never seen anybody, I'm not talking about little baby or actor or somebody in the entertainment industry that you've never met in your life. I'm talking about somebody who's right next to you. I'm talking about your parents. I'm talking about your cousin, your uncles. Like we don't see those people with those kind of developments around us or that even carry huge accolades to where it feels like it's surreal or it feels like the impossible is possible. My, I think the hardest hardships I've had is consistently and constantly just starting over. Like when you hear my story, you'll hear, I started in Indiana, I went to Ohio, and then I was in Columbus, did things in Columbus. Then I went to Toledo, did things in Toledo. Then I went to Spain, did things in Spain, built relationships. Then I went to uh, the Middle East. Right. And then after that, I went to Atlanta. But the start over, like bridging different gaps and then making these connections over and over again and then starting from ground zero and building back as a black man is it's crazy, really. It's almost ludicrous because a lot of people don't like to do that. I am somebody who I push the envelope and then I adapt pretty well. But I think the biggest thing for me has always been the fact that I had to start over. And it's like, dang, well. At what point do you even consider it being starting over? Because I'm here right now with my man, Nate the Great. And I've done all these things, but it still brings me back to the villages. And that's why I understand it. You have to make these connections and basically spread your wings and then come back and help the people with all the knowledge, the empirical knowledge, just the raw knowledge, and then the spiritual, you know, physical and mental health that you can help them with. So. I think, honestly, the hardships aren't as hard as we think. It's just always about being persistent. I think keys to success are always patience and routine. And when I've been pushing so hard, I make sure that, one, I keep patience with myself because even if the people next to me don't see my vision or see what I'm trying to accomplish, I know what I'm doing. God knows what I'm doing. And 
I know that in relations to uh, everything that is to be accomplished, we can make this happen. We can make it work, and it will work as long as I'm passionate and moving with patience. Godspeed at my end. Godspeed. And this running theme that I'm finding in your in your in your prose and what you have talked about is there's this cultural awareness. And so can you talk about the role of cultural awareness and sensitivity uh, in the success of creative industry and an even international uh, business? Um, so I mentioned that I want to do, or I'm going to obtain a master's in cultural anthropology. So I do have a big fix on human behavior, cultures, religions, languages, and stick to a holistic perspective. So I feel like since since I moved to Ohio, I've had a, uh, a bit of, or quite a bit of developments towards cultural um, awareness. With the creative spaces, I feel like it's a, it's a crazy web for Afro-Americans, for all of us to be able to thrive because, excuse me, we place so much attention on it, you know? We, everybody wants to be the star. We want to make it like, I don't know if some people understand dynamics, but even in the music industry, the artist is just a face and they're pretty entry level. So I'm not someone who believes in or likes to be that person that's in the forefront or basically taking the heat or being the face of everything. I'm more so about the developments and about what everybody else is doing to make it a good project, to make it a great process to make it to make it something to, to make it something that I envision really that's uh, helping us all grow and helping the future of the youth so when you're talking about the culture awareness that I've kind of gained it's really it's really a process because I feel like it will never end I'm only growing and watching the the developments of others. I'm still very young, hypothetically, you know. And yeah, I feel like it's in the process. My cultural awareness is still it's diving deep. It's making sure that I'm paying attention to everything that's going on. I feel like even as a man, you have to be that per that type of provider where you're paying attention to everything that's going on. And as a man, we actually have that obligation and uh, we should have that passion and drive to be culturally aware of what's going on with our country, what's going on with our nation, because I'm definitely a strong advocate for an independent nation for Afro-Americans. We definitely need to set ourselves apart. And uh, yeah, if y'all continue to watch and listen to me, you know, um, I think you'll definitely start understanding exactly what Nathan means. I don't, I don't like to explain too much, but yeah, I definitely believe that uh, we as a people have to become even more cultural, culturally aware and really dive deep to making sure that we're fulfilling um, our ancestors' dreams and visions along with our own. And we can basically build our youth up to live with longevity and prosperity. And I just think it's so important. So... Yeah, cultural awareness. And, you know, lastly, 
you know, what advice would you give to aspiring, mm. aspiring, say, international business professionals, you know, particularly those that have, you know, creative interests, um, but are from underrepresented communities and, you know, even dive deeper into those who come from small towns and and small places yet have this desire to see that was going to be easy the bigger world I'm going to say check out my nonprofit in a few in a few years gym developments is definitely going to come out with a nonprofit on where we'll be giving the youth a cultural experience because most of my villages come from the Midwest right now it's going to have to start in the Midwest but once uh they are involved with this process in this pipeline, I think that everything that I could say is going to be developed, you know? And, um, yeah, stay tuned really, because it's going to be a huge, it's going to be huge. And I think, uh, collaborating with Nathan and a bunch of other people that I know from this beautiful city, um, very educated. I think we'll, we'll be able to, um, pull everything together and make sure that the youth is getting everything that I even want to, everything that I want to say, because it isn't even just about what I can say. It's about the actions that are going to come forth. So yeah, once I get this program together, we're going to have to even create another podcast, you know, throw this back on and, and let everybody know, like, this is really where it is. And if you're looking to help your child, or if you're just, if you know your child is very bright and you want them to get on the right path, and have a different cultural experience because we are subject to our environments. And most of the time we stay in our small communities. I just met a, a bunch of people that I haven't seen in a while and they still haven't really traveled anywhere, you know? So it does keep you in a bubble. It keeps you very narrow-minded. And I told you success will really pull you into being patient and routine. But if you're patiently routine into nothingness. You're not building anything, you know? You're just kind of staying. So your success is just being stagnant. And we want to make sure that the Afro-Americans that's growing up right now are doing something a little bit more productive. So yeah, stay tuned. I look forward to working with parents. I look forward to working with schools, different programs and communities to make sure that this, this operation and pipeline really develops the youth like we want and like they really need. Beautiful. And where can listeners find you online? Well, if see, a lot of people like to do Instagram. I have been setting myself apart on Instagram. I'm not too big into social media, but you can follow me on Instagram under G-E-M-A-L-O-N-E, otherwise known as G-E Malone underscore. Um, I would say definitely follow me on LinkedIn under Joffrey Malone. Definitely going to be doing a lot of big things on there. And then I give out business cards all the time. So people got my number. You have my contacts. Feel free if you want to reach out or send me an email. My email is joffreymalone2 at gmail.com. And we can definitely work something out, do some business. Or if you prospect on investments, uh, if you wanted to just hear more about the situations, then definitely contact me. Wonderful. Thank you so much for joining us on the Sea Brilliance podcast. And we are looking forward to just continue, continuing to see what comes 
what's next and how, you know, communities and people will just continue to be uplifted because of your efforts. So thank you again, Joffrey. Uh, thank you, Nick. Definitely appreciate it, man. I see big things happening for us. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs>